Hi, it's Mari Soul, your rebel guide to living a life of freedom abroad, bringing you an episode of Roaming the Now, where entrepreneurs, coaches, and mentors come together to give you a behind-the-scenes look at the real and raw experience of setting out to a new country and building a life and business abroad. Make sure to like and subscribe to Roaming the Now. Enjoy! Hello and welcome to another episode of Roaming the Now. This is your host, Monty Soul, and today I have Katie Corradino, who is a nomad and currently joining us from Denver, Colorado. Today we have a really exciting topic. Um, we're going to be diving into why are you feeling body shame? But before we dive into that, I would love for Katie for you to just introduce yourself and share a little bit about your background and your story. Sure, sure. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm so excited about this conversation. It's like my first podcast talking about being a nomad. So that's really exciting. Um, I'm Katie Corradino. I'm a registered dietitian nutritionist. I'm also a body image coach, a registered yoga teacher, a personal trainer, a somatic breathwork facilitator, and a Reiki healer. And I integrate all of those things, nutrition, body image, breath work, and movement to help people really break free from food anxiety, body shame, binge eating, um, various issues related to food and body. Um, and I do that all through my virtual private practice called Full Soul Nutrition. My method is called Full Soul Nutrition. Um, it's a holistic approach to nutrition and body image healing. And I run that business from all over the world now. I Went nomadic officially a little over a year ago, traveled around the world for six months. Then I landed in Denver at one point and was like, you know what? I think I want to get an apartment here. I really like Denver. I'm uh, from New York City area originally, and it was just a really different place and something I wanted to give a try, just like being in more nature. Um, but I only successfully landed here for about six months and I traveled for about two and a half of those months. And so now I'm just going to go nomadic again because I've accepted that I really can't, I can't maintain a lease. <laughs> <laughs> totally fair I mean you gave it a shot right you're like okay yeah good college try yeah <laughs> and it was good I had a really special like four and a half months here I really have learned how to slow down be in nature pee in the woods talk to cashiers like all the things that I didn't really do when I was in New York City for my whole life so um Denver's a special place and it'll always be a special place to me but I've just accepted that I'm not meant to have an apartment right now I really want to take advantage of uh, my business being fully remote and being single and being in my late 20s and how much I love traveling I know not everyone loves about around the world so I'm just like yeah I might as well take advantage of all of this and just be nomadic for a little while longer yeah, no, I said this on um, a podcast recently. I said, you know what? For everyone, I always say, you do you. Like I'm yeah. 26, spent most of my earlier 20s living in big cities like San Francisco. Mm -hmm. I lived outside of LA. Then when I got here and then I lived in Mexico City for a bit and all this. And I, I realized through the eight Airbnb moves throughout last year that I like I like to have a home base, but I live in nature. So I kind of like lol inside me. You're like, I learned how to be in the woods. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was laughing inside. <laughs> like, yeah, nature true. hasn't been my thing for most of my life. Um, it's been a it's been a culture shock, honestly, moving to Colorado. You know, it's so interesting you said that. I grew up in Washington State. It's like kind of like Colorado adjacent in terms of lots of trees, lots of hiking. Yeah. But I never did that living there. Like that was not yeah. my thing. Mm. Didn't like bugs. Didn't mm. like the outdoors. Mm. Now I live somewhere very much so where like I'm in like it's like jungle as like mountain vibes. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of bugs. It's a lot of nature, but I'm yeah. like, cool. I've like acclimated, but I will say it took a culture shock 
especially when I lived in San Francisco. Yeah. And like all that like whole fun city stuff. And then you're like fully immersed in like, oh, there's like bugs in my laundry. Oh, there's like bugs trying to get in my house. This yeah. Is so fun. Yeah. It's an adjustment. <laughs> okay. So let's dive into body shame. What a fun like transition, right? Um, in terms of just like the context of travel, because even as I was just sharing with you before yeah. I started recording, like even I have noticed because like my weight fluctuates is like I've been traveling and going through things like I have caught myself like body shaming myself and I'm very much so like, no, thank you. Like what is going mm-hmm. on? But I would love for you to just, you know, dive into that um, on a more, you know, expert, expert perspective. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So body shame is something that comes up a lot with my clients as it pertains to travel. And it's also something that comes up a lot as you were kind of sharing off mic a little bit in casual conversations with my friends. Like pretty recently, a friend said to me, you know, you travel around a lot. Like you kind of only stay in one place for four weeks. Don't you feel just like such a lack of routine? Like, don't you feel totally thrown off? Isn't your digestion whack? Like, how do you adjust to being in so many different places? Don't you want to just have like a a workout studio and like just a, you know, a routine that feels grounding in that way? And my answer to that question is that I, I actually do have a routine that feels grounding. It just doesn't depend on what we would think it depends on. I think wellness culture at large, diet culture at large, the diet and wellness industries feed us this idea that in order to feel safe and grounded and good in our bodies, we need the daily Pilates class. We need the daily lemon water. We need... Um, an air fryer. We need these things that are totally not accessible to me when I'm traveling, especially when I'm staying in like five different Airbnbs in five weeks. Um, and so I was saying to my friend, you know, I have a good routine that helps me feel good and grounded in my body. And it's just simple. It relies on like the travel yoga mat that I bring. I do breath work pretty often. I have a few grocery staples that I'll go and get in every place that I'm visiting so that I have those in the refrigerator of the place I'm staying and have like a nourishing breakfast. And I have fiber supplements if I'm feeling packed up. I have electrolyte powder for if I'm dehydrated after a flight. Like it's a lot simpler to build a grounding routine than wellness and diet culture would have us believe. And we don't need much more than our own bodies and our own willingness to connect to our bodies and be in our bodies to build a routine. So that's one thing that comes up with like body comfort and travel a lot is a lot of people say to me, oh, don't you feel so thrown off from your routine? And I I frequently am finding myself saying, no, it just doesn't need to be all that complicated um, to feel peaceful and grounded. And also another thing that comes up is that when you travel, you lose control. Um, Travel is an act of surrender. And when you travel, something's going to go wrong. Something's not going to go according to plan. You're going to be in an environment that you're not used to. You're going to be uncomfortable at some point. And with that surrender comes surrendering control of the way your body's going to respond to travel sometimes. And your body might change when you travel for long periods of time. Your body's going to change in general throughout the course of your life as you age and your metabolism adjusts and bodies are just meant to change. It's not a matter of if your body's going to change. It's just a matter of when, and that is an important part of life. And your body is likely 
to go through fluctuations when you're constantly throwing yourself in different environments as a nomad, as a traveler. And so that is one of the elements of surrender that comes with travel that can be really scary for people and can occupy people's brain space while they're traveling. And I find that to be really sad that a lot of people when they're traveling or a lot of people will even avoid traveling altogether because they're afraid of surrendering to body fluctuations that are going to happen when you're throwing yourself in different environments. Yeah, that's really interesting to think about because as you were sharing like how your body changes. So for me, when I was really nomadic or moving around or doing a lot, like I'm really skinny. So for me, like stress affects my body where it's just like, Mm-hmm. I don't know. I like, I'm always, mm-hmm. I'm eating, like I'm doing my things, but for me, moving environments and everything, I just tend to get really, really thin. And that's not really by intention. Um, however, I've noticed now I'm like, Oh, I'm more grounded. And like, as I was reflecting on like my body and I'm like, Oh, okay. Like, yeah. Like, well, this makes sense. Right. Like I'm not constantly in a state of like, I'm stressed. Where am I going? <laughs> mm-hmm. but this would make sense that like my body is like reflecting that. And I think that's really interesting how like you share that the changes of body can be something that a lot of people resist or actually would maybe hold them back. Um, because I've known, you know, like for example, when I was like in France a lot, like I ate so much bread and so much juice because so delicious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. But I was fully like, great. Like, let me enjoy this. Right. Like I'm really mm-hmm. here to enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is actually segueing into a really interesting conversation that I had. Like, what do you think is like, the resistance really because I feel like traveling is such a great opportunity to like enjoy food and Mm -hmm. to enjoy the flavors of the culture and really immerse yourself and that's like a very like pleasurable experience while like for me I haven't really had that problem of knowing like oh like like for me I'm kind of like great like you know my body is going to change great this is temporary right Mm -hmm. um but for people who really allow that to like limit their experience of like enjoying their environment like what is Mm -hmm. your kind of perspective on that or like what would be something supportive Yeah. Like, why does that happen? Why do some people feel a resistance? Yeah. We're just trying to feel safe. Um, That's usually what's coming up when we have anxiety around our body changing and are feeling unable to surrender to the fact that our bodies will change. Um, We live in a world that feeds us a lot of messages about what our body should look like. And we live in a world that's constantly advertising new ways to pursue weight loss, new ways to be your thinnest self, your best self. Like Oprah, who I love so much in so many ways because she's such a positive influence in light, is also constantly talking about her own weight loss and how she's the thinnest she's ever been now at like 67 or whatever. And I'm just like, really, girl, you have to talk about this? That's the most interesting thing about you, right? We're constantly fed messages from that in the most surprising and insidious ways. And so, of course, if we're in a state where we're feeling anxious or insecure or out of control, our brain is going to like naturally gravitate towards well, what's one way that I can feel safe and one way that I can feel in control? Okay, I've got all these messages around me telling me that I'm going to feel better if I pursue thinness or if I maintain thinness or if I avoid weight gain at all costs. So often when people are feeling resistance to surrendering to body changes, it's just because they're looking for a sense of safety and certainty in a very uncertain and unsafe world. And of course, our brain's going to default to like, maintaining a certain body shape or size because we're just so frequently fed these messages. 
So that's pretty frequently what's going on for people. Um, and for some other people, it's it's body avoidance um, and feeling and um, but for other people, it's a sense of body avoidance of having had traumatic experiences that if they were to drop into their body and lean into their body and surrender to their body and listen to their body, they would have to acknowledge perhaps some heavy emotions or experiences that are kind of like living within the body. So for others, it can go a layer deeper than that. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It, um, I know what you mean. So I do somatic work with clients. Um, yeah. So it's very like when people ask me what's trauma informed coaching, I'm like, well, it's actually yeah somatic work so we're dropping you into your body but like the first thing is like creating that piece of safety and yeah you know the more I've been thinking about this I was like yeah I feel like you know um and this is just my perspective right like I'm, I'm not an expert I've just been thinking about it because body issues or, or body shaming myself hasn't been like a super it hasn't been the obstacle in my life like I've had other obstacles but I have had some really great close friends who it has really been like a really challenging thing. And, you know, it really, as you, as you kind of just shared it, it has to do with control or it has to do with that, like deeper, deeper trauma. And I was like, this is like really interesting, you know, as someone who's like dove into it in terms of like somatic work and how trauma lives in the body and emotions, how it manifests, like for some individuals, it manifests in like the controlled eating or the overeating and, and the mm -hmm. pendulum swings of, of just kind of depending where someone is emotionally. So if we're thinking about, um, control and safety and like a way that that manifests externally mm -hmm. is around control of consumption of food mm -hmm. or just what our body is looking like. What are some ways that you have found in your work with people that really help to consciously be aware when they're doing that and are, they're able to, to get out of it and, and be able to tap more into like, Hey, how can I enjoy my experience with food? Yeah. Yeah. So it's all about creating a sense of safety in your body, for sure. If I had to say that it came down to one thing, it's recognizing that over-controlled eating or just feeling like your relationship with food is fractured um, often comes from a place of seeking safety and it's not working, right? It's like you end up in this place of like pseudo safety. So creating true sense of safety and groundedness in the body is what's really important. And somatic practices like the ones you do are really, really helpful. And that kind of goes back to what I was mentioning earlier about how we don't need the Pilates reformer to feel grounded in our bodies. We don't need lemon water to feel grounded in our bodies. We don't need these fancy things that we're always trying to be sold in order to seek, in order to achieve the sense of confidence and safety and radiance that we're looking for. It is about finding practices that allow you to be in your body and create a sense of safety there. So I really love things like breath work, intentional stretching, movement, restorative yin yoga, practices like that, that will help you cultivate a sense of nervous system regulation. Really important. Another piece of creating a sense of safety in your body is kind of going back at the timeline of your life and connecting the dots and 
recognizing where you learned that it wasn't safe to be in your body and understanding your own body image story, understanding all the layers of your body image story, right? It isn't just about, you know, when did someone tell you that it wasn't okay to gain weight? It's also about how does your identity and your culture and other systemic issues impact the way you view your body? And can you go back and connect the timeline of your life to see how you learned your body wasn't a safe place so that you can unlearn and relearn that you can cultivate a sense of safety and peace in your own skin. And that is something that's going to give you access to be able to travel freely if that's a desire you have, because when you feel good and confident and at home in your body, you can go into these new environments knowing that no matter what happens, you've got your own back because you've got this home within your own skin. When you're constantly trying to outsource your sense of home, like outside of you versus building a sense of home in your body, you are way more likely to feel dysregulated and disoriented when you go into new environments, because when you're in an unfamiliar environment, of course, it's very hard to be relying on that as home. So when I've got home within me, I can go into a new place and feel good and grounded knowing that I've got my back. Does that make sense? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, for me, as someone who prioritizes like, Hey, home is within me, no matter where I go. And as long as I'm like really cultivating, yeah. do I feel safe in self? Do I feel safe in body? Do I feel safe in my environment? And if I'm not like that needs to change, like yeah. I, that makes sense for me, but obviously, you know, understanding the nervous system and the body like connection is something that, um, I do actually, when I work with clients before we dive into somatic work, I do this exercise where I'm cultivating like their safe, like space. Um, I'm helping them to create a space of safety that like literally, and people use it outside of our sessions in sessions that if anytime they're feeling overwhelmed or there's too much emotion or feeling unsafe, they come back to it because Mm -hmm. I feel like that's the whole thing as is empowering you that you get to create your own safe space. And maybe you've never known safety, right? Like that's actually something that really comes up a lot is Mm -hmm. some people have never had that safe environment, but the whole idea is you get to create that for you in, in your mind's eye and your sense of being and creating that also in your environment. Cause I really truly believe if, um, if you are not feeling safe within, it's so hard to find that clarity and that mm-hmm. confidence to like move forward in what you want to do. Like, I know like that was hundred percent like true for me. Like it wasn't until I figured out, I didn't, I didn't even figure out. I just learned, mm-hmm. <laughs> I learned through, um, all of the work I've been doing over these years. And since I started this journey, when you're safe in you, like really anything is really possible because you're operating from a really grounded and clear space. But if you're, if you're dysregulated, if you're not feeling safe, it's really hard to get that clarity that you're wanting. And I want to circle back to you sharing that you taught yin or Mm -hmm. like you love yin. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Because when I, I did my yoga teacher training, I was like one of the first things that kicked off my journey. I really wanted to be a vinyasa teacher. Like I really wanted to. <laughs> mm-hmm. So badly, right? And I would teach vinyasa, but it just didn't click for me. Like mm-hmm. it was just so like when I would teach it, it was like I just like it was so 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 like I don't know, I was just not in my element as a teacher. And then they put me up for teaching yin classes and everyone was like raving about my yin class and raving about how like great it was and how relaxed it was. And now like I really understand it. It was like my nervous system it was not really prepared for like the fast movingness of yin and to like facilitate that space. But I could facilitate like a very slow, intentional, like yin class 
Mm. So it all kind of makes sense. I just thought it was a funny story to check. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm a yoga teacher and I don't like teaching vinyasa either. Um, so I totally understand that. But what's so funny is that I'm also a fitness instructor, like a personal trainer, and I love teaching dance classes and like high energy cardio classes. And then I love teaching yin and like giving people Reiki at the end of yin. So I've kind of created this class where we do like dance and cardio in the beginning, and then we do yin and Reiki at the end. And what I've realized recently is that that class is literally like you're going into your, um, your spiked state of your nervous system and then going into nervous system regulation. And I love creating that experience for people because it's basically practicing taking your nervous system into this like heightened activated state where the heart rate is up and you're like pushing and like maybe a little stressed, right? If we're doing like mountain climbers and jumping jacks and things like that and dancing a lot. And then you practice taking yourself out of that and regulating and breathing and grounding in your body. And that is like such a good training ground for life where we are constantly thrown into situations that might take us into an activated state where we're feeling unsafe. And then we can practice getting ourselves transitioned into a more like regulated and safe state. And that's what the practice of breath work is too. It's like practicing, taking yourself into this heightened state where your body's flooded with oxygen, your heart's beating, you're going, and then practicing like re-regulating. Um, and that's what nervous system regulation means, right? Is like the ability to be able to switch from the aroused um, sympathetic state to the parasympathetic state with a little bit more ease and flow so that you're not just walking around stuck in your parasympathetic nervous system, your stress nervous system, or, you know, your sympathetic nervous system, your stress nervous system, or stuck in like lethargy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a balancing act. It's like, I, it's like always, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm yeah. always saying this. It's a balancing act, right? Like all of our states like serve their purpose, but it's more of our role to understand that when we learn how to hold ourselves in that, you know, more activated state and help us get to more of that like balanced state, or maybe we're feeling more lethargic. Great. So then how do I work for myself to get more balanced? It's like totally a balancing act. And I was actually just curious, have you ever done pranayama breath work? No, I haven't. Okay. Well, I, I, I guess I have, um, but I don't like facilitate it or know a lot about it. Yeah. Um, I did it during my like yoga teacher training, because I have a friend who facilitates it. And um, obviously it's just, it's somatic practice. I wasn't doing somatics back then, but um, the amount, it's just really crazy to like your point, like pranayama, that specific type of breath work, like the emotional release, like it really like, facilitates for you. And like the chemical release and everything is like, just like mind blowing. You're like, wow, this really just happened for my breath. Mm -hmm. I think it really shows the power of um, also just when you're meditating or you're in a yin class and you're like consciously slowing down your breath, just how powerful of a tool your breath really is to help like the whole overall system. Um, that's something that I usually, when I'm like doing meditation or something, I was like, if you calm your breath, like really intentionally, you can start to like calm the mind. Then you calm the nervous system. It's like a whole, it's like everything is a, a, a trigger, like a trigger in a good way. Like you're like it's like a note to trigger, like, hey, we can calm down and we can be clear. <laughs> yeah, your body is just such a powerful tool. And I guess it really is connecting back to where I started the episode two by saying that you really need your body more than you need anything else. And 
you really can achieve so much balance and such an energy boost and a profound sense of wellness just by using the tool of your own body. You don't need to travel with a bunch of wellness equipment to feel regulated. And that's one of the reasons I'm so passionate about being a registered dietitian too, is because food is the thing that fuels your body. When you give yourself consistent access to adequate nourishment, your body's going to be able to function more optimally, and you're going to be able to use your body for all that it has to offer you which is not just the ability to exercise and walk around and travel around, but also the ability to heal you, the ability to help you release trauma, release limiting beliefs. Um, There's so much that your body can do for you if you learn practices like breath work and yin and really lean into it. And if you've got the fuel to be able to do those things, right? Because if you're walking around starving or malnourished or on a restricted diet, you're not going to be able to lean into breath work and yin. And I do remember that when I was struggling with my own eating disorder, I did breath work at one point. And I was like, what the hell is this? Like this, this isn't doing anything for me. Like I thought it was crazy. I really was sitting in a circle of people and I was like, nothing's happening for me, but I truly didn't have the fuel to be able to receive that kind of practice. I truly didn't have what I needed to be able to make the most of this amazing tool that I have, which is my body. Yeah, I'm sure I would have been able to not been able to travel at that point in my life because I was like convinced that I needed to go to the gym 95 times a week. Yeah, I feel like you really nailed it. Like in terms of just the body is such a powerful tool and a lot of people don't know this, but my first step before getting into somatic work and being a coach and just being like a mentor and working with people is I was so disconnected from my body and I was because of like trauma and things. Like my first step to actually getting to a place where I could actually even begin to work on my emotional, like mental well-being is I went through yoga and I like was so serious about it, but I had to like create a mind body connection mm-hmm. or else like it, it, I don't really think I was so disconnected. I don't think it, I would have ever actually been able to make the progress that I did without establishing the connection between me and my body. Yeah. 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 yeah I, I used to hear stuff like that, you know, when I was malnourished and when I wasn't ready to receive it and be like, what do you mean? My body is a tool. My body's just this thing that's on display for people to judge me. That's just the thing that people use to decide if they want to, you know, approach me at a bar or whatever. I really truly was in a state where I thought that way, that my body was just something that people see versus something that I can use to, to heal um, to learn about myself, to experience the world. And I think that's such an important thing is that your body is this vessel through which you get to experience the world and enjoy food in Paris, enjoy cheese and bread in Paris. And um, yeah, and lean into practices like yoga so that you can live life more fully. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing. And thank you for sharing like all of your wisdom. This was a really, really insightful conversation. Um, and I'm curious, just like if you if someone's listening and they are ready to start, you know, embarking on this journey of just a more balanced state of being with eating enjoyment and everything, but they're feeling that resistance, like what is a piece of advice that, you know, you would give to them? Mm. I mean, there are so many things that come to mind. And of course it depends on their personal brand of resistance and what the resistance is that they're feeling. Um, however, one thing that's just coming up for me right now, um, and that's been 
really landing with a lot of my clients lately is that the thing that allows you to have good nutrition and a good relationship with your body and travel and have good relationships and just like enjoy your life overall is self-trust. I truly think that that is like the key ingredient for a really feel good life. And when you start exploring your relationship with food and your body, when you're willing to do that work, when you're willing to go in there and make sure you're fueling yourself adequately so that you can then experience all of the healing tools that your body has to offer you, you get to cultivate a sense of self-trust. And that self-trust is going to take you so far because self-trust allows you to find a sense of joy and peace and relief without needing to know what happens next in your life. Um, so I think the reality is that we never know what's going to happen next in our lives. Life is unpredictable. It's uncertain. The world can feel unsafe in a lot of different ways. But if you trust yourself, you can feel so good in spite of that truth. And so if you're feeling resistant to working on your relationship with food in your body, remember how much self-trust that's going to give you and remember how that self-trust is going to give you access to this really profoundly beautiful life and the ability to just lean into the unknown um, and feel good. Beautiful. Thank you. (laughs) Um, So true, honestly. Once once the self-trust is is in place, like I say this, once you trust yourself, like the world is your oyster. Yeah. Yeah, it's so true. It's so true everything opens up. Um, yeah. And I'm even thinking, I'm like, Hmm, this has been coming up so much in my head. I'm like, what does this mean for me? (laughs) Yeah. 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 I hope so. (laughs) Always reflecting. Right. Okay. Cool. Um, if anyone wants to get in contact with you, what is the best way? Yeah. So I am Katie C R D on Instagram, C A I T I E dot C dot R D registered dietitian on Instagram. And my website is fullsoulnutrition.com. And on fullsoulnutrition.com, you can find my one-on-one coaching services, group coaching services. And also um, you can stream my podcast, which is called Whole, Full, and Alive. Beautiful. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. And I'll make sure to drop your links in the description. So thank you. Until next time, this is your host again, Marisol, signing off of another episode of Roaming the Now, hoping that wherever you are in the world, you are enjoying yourself and having a good time. Thank you so much. Thanks for catching this episode of Roaming the Now. If you have not already, make sure to like and subscribe. And as always, wherever you are in the world, I hope you are enjoying Roaming the Now.